Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to the latest episode of our Talk is Cheap Giants and Jets Now podcast from NJ Advanced Media, the Star Ledger, and NJ.com. It is a Tuesday evening right now. Daryl Slater here, Andy Vasquez with me. Uh, obviously not in the same room. He's uh, you know about 40 minutes away where he lives. I'm hanging out in my house, and we are um, discussing, obviously, all things Jets and Giants. Uh, as we mentioned last week, we're kind of pivoting the format of this podcast for the stretch run of what is uh, obviously a lost Giants season and has been for some time and now things spiraling in that direction toward lost status I guess for for the Jets uh, the Jets of course just got defeated by the Bills Sunday late Sunday afternoon 32 to 6 an absolute uh, disaster offensively yet again in Orchard Park this time for, for the Jets who are now four and six losers of three straight and they can't do anything on offense they just been Zach Wilson for the for the great Tim Boyle uh yeah, so the big uh, Black Friday game coming up for the Jets, 3 o'clock at home against the Dolphins. Yeah, let's be honest, they're losing that game. Uh, as for the uh, the Giants, 3-8, and eight, uh, Tommy DeVito got uh, got a win uh, and hurt, hurt the Giants' draft position. They're now fifth in the draft order down from second. Giants beat Washington, uh, what was it, 31-19 this past Sunday. And so stops the bleeding a little bit for Brian Dable's team. They have a really interesting game coming up. This week against the Patriots, but mainly because it's 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 a fascinating one for draft position. Patriots right now coming off their bye, they're two and eight, and they're third in the draft order. So, and then the Giants are off in week thirteen, and then five games to go after that. Um, so what we'll do here is we'll talk, I guess you know quite a bit about future stuff because again, it's that's what it's been about for the Giants for some time, and now what it's been, uh, what it'll be about for the Jets. So, uh, Andy, how you doing, man? Great. Yeah. Had a nice, easy trip back from Western New York. And uh, yeah, just it seems like it's a rite of passage every jet season for just to, you know, things to get rough. And it certainly has happened earlier than anyone expected. And all this talk about Aaron Rodgers returning seems moot, I guess is the best way to put it. It's it's just not happening. So, I mean, look, he's going to keep the dream alive, but it, it was always unrealistic and ridiculous to think that Aaron Rodgers was going to save this season after he tore his Achilles. It was a little bit ridiculous to think that signing Aaron Rodgers would fix everything, although you could see um, how it could have worked out a lot better than this, for, that's for sure. But still, you know, it's not, you know, a 40-year-old as good as Aaron Rodgers is, a 40-year-old fixing every problem within your organization was was a fantasy. And, hey, here we are where that fantasy is being proven uh, as such. So, yeah, it's it's time to look forward. I mean, I think the Jets would tell you that it's all, you know, still right there for them. And, yeah, I guess if they can go on an unlikely run with Tim Boyle, it is all still in front of them. But, I mean, especially the way they lost to the Bills the other night, and now do not control that tiebreaker within the division against the only team they've beaten the division so far. Not not a good not a good way to get to the playoffs for the first time in in thirteen years. And it sure looks like that streak, which is somehow the longest in Jets franchise history of twelve years, is about to become thirteen. So a lot of interesting dynamic because somehow it, it, you, because of the way it's all fallen, Robert Sala and Joe Douglas, who I think would be candidates to get fired before the end of the season in any other season are not at this point 
candidates to get fired before the end of the season or even after it because of the whole Aaron Rodgers things. But I got to say, like, it, 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 they're in dangerous territory now because if they lose the rest of the games, which is not out of the question, you start looking at these matchups. I mean, Atlanta's a chance. The, the commanders are a chance at a victory. But outside of that, there's no locks. That's 10 in a row to end the season after six in a row last year. And how do you go into next year, even with Aaron Rodgers, without making some sort of change? So, yeah, it's getting it's getting late, early in Forum Park. And sure, they can talk about the season not technically being over, but they better find a way to win a game soon. Because if they don't, um, it's I, I don't see how there aren't some sort of long-term consequences for that. Yeah, uh, so – Obviously, this was a year that the Jets were supposed to climb a couple rungs, get closer to you know whatever their ceiling would be, um, in the in their progress. It hasn't hasn't they haven't you know had any rungs uh, climbed toward that ceiling. So uh, look, the bottom line here is the Jets. We're talking Jets and Giants, so we try to intersect this a little bit. So the Jets obviously beat the Eagles, uh, and then they go to the bye, and then they get gifted a win by the Giants in like the ultimate gift fashion. Uh, a total gag job by the Giants. We, we all know it. And then the next three weeks, just an absolute offensive, you know, egg laying against the Chargers. Raiders. Winnable games too. Yeah, winnable games, especially the first yeah. two. Yeah, for sure. Chargers, Raiders, Bills, 0-3 in that stretch. And so now they bench Zach Wilson, who is straight to the toaster, and 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 he's gone. You know, he's never going to, you know, barring something crazy, he's finished with the Jets. So we know for sure. the Not even active. Yeah, not even active this week. He'll be the... the uh... The backup, the third string, one of the few teams, other, the, the only team other than the Saints that has used that this year, the emergency yeah. third quarterback, yeah. So basically, yeah, look, I, he's he's done. He's finished. I mean, it was a total bust of a pick, an absolute awful pick. And by Joe Douglas, the guy who's still the GM, um, and this that goes to show it kind of t- – w- w- I think we can get to it in a little bit, but that's – because I wrote about it for today uh, – like how how bummed could the should the Giants be about maybe missing out on Caleb Williams? And we know the guy the Jets missed out on, Trevor Lawrence, in 2021 because the Jets won two games late in the year and they settled for Zach Wilson, who has been terrible. And so that that's an example right there. Uh, another one, of course, Andrew Locke, Robert Griffin in 2012. Uh, there haven't been a lot of those, but uh, th- those are a couple right there. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> Zach Wilson finished with the Jets for all – you know, uh, he will not be the backup next year. Now, when you talk about other changes, I mean, look, you're going to roll with Tim Boyle. Like, like, let's say Rodgers has this like pipe dream of coming back uh, December 24th against the Commanders in Week 16. The, J- the Jets still have four games between now and then: Dolphins, Falcons, Texans, Dolphins. They could very easy. I think at best, at best, they go one and three during that stretch. Um, I think they got the Falcon. You said Falcons, right? Sorry. Yeah, Dolphins, yeah. Falcons, Texans. Yeah, Dolphins. sorry. So, a lot of similar sounding names. So, so I, you know, at best one and three. Um, so, so then it becomes like Aaron Rodgers is running the show. He's calling the shots. Like they cast their lot with this guy and they let him make every decision under the sun. So of course he's going to want his, his, his caddy Nathaniel Hackett back as the OC next year in title only, because we know Rodgers will be calling the plays essentially. And, uh, you know, does Salah, what has Salah shown you? I mean, come on! What? Who are who are these people that think that this guy is like a, a a great coach? I mean, he he seems like a good motivator, a very good defensive coach. Fifteen and twenty nine through two plus seasons, he would be out in his keister if if if, if it wasn't for Rodgers wanting the consistency. Because you're not firing the head coach and telling the new head coach, oh by the way, you have to keep his bum Nathaniel Hackett yeah. your OC. So that's not happening. So and and that I is think- it. That is it right there. That is the whole issue. But- they got a mulligan on the season because of what happened with Rodgers. Now, this whole we all wrote it off the opener. There's oh, there's no way they could survive, but maybe they can because of their defense. And then there was all this like blips of hope, right? Because of the Eagles game, because of the Giants gifted them win. They beat a, what at the time was a bad Bronco team in Denver. So, and they won the first game. So there were these, they played well against the Chiefs. But ultimately, what happened was what we all expected to happen. Zach Wilson was terrible. The offense was terrible. Nathaniel Hackett was inept. And they lost a bunch of games. They're three and six since the since the opener. Okay. So like they it was what everybody expected. So I don't get this like whole idea that everyone's like shocked as Zach. Well, he's so terrible that they replaced him last year, benched him, and then traded for Rodgers. Like so I yeah, look, I mean it it's it's they're not in it. The season is over. Um 
they're not yet officially over like the Giants, but um, you know, they have to think now. Well, I, I think that that so what's on the table if they lose out, right? I mean, if they lose out and lose what well, they've lost three so far, that would be three more, and then it would be ten in a row. It would be ten in a row if they lose out. And so they already lost three in a row. They have seven games left. I mean, I don't see how at some point, like Salah, the, the fan base is is angry. You can't fire and, the OC. Yeah. And he's so at some point, it's going to be like Salah and Douglas are going to decide, like, are they going to cater to Rodgers? Are they going to do the right thing for the team? And that's the, the, the crime of this whole thing is that they're wasting a good year from a defense that is good enough to, to allow them to play with anybody. I mean, the Eagles do have one loss this year, and it was – not to the Jets offense, but to the Jets defense. Um, that is a good defense. And I look, they're not the 84 bear, 80, you know, 80, 85, 86 bears. Like they wanted to, to say they were, but I know it's the 85 bears. Sorry. It's just a lot of numbers floating around here, but they're not that team, but you know, I, I feel like they're a really good defense. They're good enough to play with anybody. And yeah, they had a bad game against Buffalo, but like anybody who watched that game, knows that Jets offense wasn't going to score another touchdown after the one they were only reason they got a touchdown was because of an 18 yard pass on a fake punt. So um, I, I, I'm not going to kill them for having a game where they let go of the rope against a team that struggled, but at a certain point, like Sala is he, how do you maintain credibility in the locker room when you, when you keep Nathaniel Hackett as the play caller? Right. And yeah. And I'm not saying it's an easy situation for him or for Joe Douglas because they made their bed with a guy and then you have the worst case scenario happen four plays into the season, but they do get paid a lot of money and it's their job to do what's best for the franchise. And I mean, there has to be a way to like gently change play callers or something. You can't just navigate the season and drive it straight into the ground. And the fact that like there are, they already have passed or failed the test because the idea that Zach Wilson would have a season last year. I mean, anybody who was at that game on Thursday night before Christmas and saw Zach Wilson get booed off the field multiple times and then replaced by a practice squad quarterback who played better than him. And they still lost the game. Like you don't come back from that. And then they threw they're just like, yeah, well, we have the oldest quarterback in the league. He's one snap away from potential serious injury. We'll just put Zach right there, one snap away from coming right back in as if the fans hadn't already been mostly out on him. Like, it, it's, I have to say, like, the, the miracle of this season is that the kid can even function as a human being, let alone as a, a very below average quarterback and, and doesn't drop the ball or isn't looking in the stands and screaming at fans who are saying terrible things to him all the time. I mean, he's more mature than I am. I, I can tell you that much. Well, so, I think the question then becomes, what, all right, so so what could they do? Could they keep Hackett and promote Todd Downing, their passing game coordinator, to play caller, to the offensive coordinator job? Like, what, could you keep Hackett as your offensive coordinator? You know, he, okay, so to appease Rodgers. Yeah. This is all about stroking the ego of, yeah. you know, the self-appointed genius Rodgers uh, who, uh, let me tell you, if they don't make the Super Bowl, I said this from the minute the trade went down. The trade is a failure. It's a failure if they don't make the Super Bowl because they have just cast their lot with this guy and let him run the entire organization, basically. So yep. what? So how do they thread the needle, right? How do they, is that a possibility? Do you think? I think you just quietly you don't make an announcement about it, but you have them collaborate on play calls. I mean, I think sending Hackett to the booth, which was a change they made this last game, is is probably a way of doing it, but like. Yeah, there has to be a way to do it. Or as a coach, you take a stand and do what's right for the team. If you get fired, so be it, right? Like at a certain point, like I, these guys are so desperate to hang on to these jobs. It almost reminds you of like politicians who are so desperate to hang on to their jobs. They don't do their job. Yeah. Um, and ultimately, like I think it's pretty obvious the way the situation is gone. And you'd like to see a coach, even if it's going to hurt his career at a certain place, do the right thing. So I don't know. I don't know what the right answer is. I think it's a tough, a tough spot because I do think they could be pretty good next year with Rodgers, but that's, you're also, you know, betting on the defense being as good. And now they've gotten through two years where they've had pretty good injury luck on defense. And, um, you know, it's just a lot, a lot to add up, a lot to factor in. And then you look at 
the bar and if they had just even if they had like a a replacement level like an a, a average backup it feels like they would have won some games that they, that they haven't won like even look at look at Tommy DeVito I mean he's scoring he's leading touchdown drives he already has more touchdowns this season I believe passing touchdowns than Zach Wilson has so it's not as if like and he doesn't have Garrett Wilson he doesn't have Brees Hall I know Saquon helps but the weapons are better around around Zach Wilson so it's not as if like they couldn't have found a way to stay in it without Rodgers that's that's the craziest part about this. Like if you had a Tommy DeVito type type player and and given him an opportunity to have that job, you know, where would the Jets be right now? I don't know. You you've seen DeVito, yeah, you've well, seen Wilson. I, you tell I me. Think, but I think some of it too is the, the Giants have some issues with their with how they've run their offense, but a lot of it as person is personnel problems where I think with the Jets, you're talking about the coordinator is just in over his head. Yes. Um, and yes. so I think as we pivot a little bit to the Giants here, the 31-19 win on Sunday. Okay, good for Tommy DeVito getting that win. Fine. Uh, I, I think these final – I mean, Brian Dable needed that in the worst way. He needed a game where his team played with some pride, didn't come unglued. Uh, six games to go. They're going to lose both the games to the Eagles unless the Eagles rest starters in the finale. And quite frankly, they might lose that game anyway <laughs> um, with as good as the Eagles roster is. They have Packers, Saints, and Rams otherwise along with the Pats. So there's some winnable games in there. Um, how many more will they win? Look, I don't know. I, but I think Dable's back. Obviously Joe Shane will be back. They're going to draft a quarterback high. If you, you know, if you trust Dable as this quarterback molder, get, you know, give him a, give him a clean slate guy, just like he had with Josh Allen. So I think he's back and barring something crazy happening. Uh, well, look, I'll say he's going to be back barring something crazy happening down the stretch. The question becomes then, you know, what, what does he do to address this offense? I mean, personnel, we're we can get to some personnel and some draft and some rebuild stuff here at, in a minute, but what does he do? Like, cause, because we're talking coaching staff, potential changes here. I think Thomas McGahee is out the door. He's been a cockroach on that staff. I'm not, I'm not saying that, you know, you know, he's a pest, but you know, one of those survive the Holocaust type things, the nuclear Holocaust type situations where, uh, you know, like the, the guy's been through what, three staffs now. So I think his time is probably up, um, in terms of the look, uh, what do they do with Mike Kafka? Um, he's the play caller. Like, do you, can you bring him back and just take away the play calling duties? You might as well just fire him if you're going to do that. Right. If you're Dable and you're going to take over the play calling next year with your job on the line, uh, maybe you just fire him. Wink Martindale, quite frankly, he's been underwhelming. I don't, I don't get it. I don't, I don't get the hype around him. Like I've said it very all season, their defense is not produced consistently enough. So do you make a change there? Maybe, maybe not. I could see that one going either way. But if you're Dable next year now, okay, maybe you get a, a couple year mulligan off of uh off of a rookie quarterback, right? Todd Bowles did not with Sam Darnold. Then again, Todd Bowles not an offensive coach, right? So uh that maybe cost him there, right? After Darnold's first year. Normally you'd think like an offensive coach would get a couple years to work with a rookie quarterback. So if they draft a guy high, is Dable safe through 2025? I mean, I think at some point you're gonna have to produce some results, even though they are clearly rebuilding still. Uh, I think there's definitely a possibility that there will be changes on that offensive staff. Will that make a difference? You know, look, it's the Jimmy's and Joe's more than the X's and O's. Right. So like, I, I don't know. I mean, unless your X's and O's guy doesn't know X from, from Q like Nathaniel Hackett. I mean, like, um, so I, I think that it's, you could definitely see a situation where Dable calls the plays next year. Um, so in, 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 in the immediate, more immediate they got six games left where they need to maybe they get Tyra Taylor back but they need to do some they need to show some progress and pride on defense which is what they showed in Washington they need to not bicker on the sideline they didn't do that they won a game against a just a terrible team Ron Rivera just is absolutely atrocious what a terrible coach um so <laughs> he stinks my gosh uh, so uh he'll be hard gone. to hard to believe yeah hard to believe they I mean, and then, and then what's next, by the way, at FedEx Field? Are they going to have raw sewage coming out of the showers there next week or the next game? They they had freezing cold water coming out of the showers. And, and then I guess it stopped working. I mean, that place is just – and it's not even like it's that old, that stadium. It is – okay, I'll find it right now. You take a guess. When when was the stadium built? Mm, 98. It, 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 great guess. Opened in September of 97. The stadium okay. is only – 26 years old it looks like it's 66 years yeah. old 
Yep, and and like the Jets at the Hall of Fame game, they didn't have showers running. You almost expect that because that's a high school football stadium that hosts an event once a year. This is an NFL stadium. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Um, But look, there's a lot of big picture things to consider here with the Giants and the Jets um, because that's what it's really about now. It's big picture. It's looking ahead. You're talking about a team, teams that are three and eight and four and six. Um, the the Giants could beat the Pats this week, yeah, but the Jets aren't beating the Dolphins, right? So I think the the one through line here as we talk so, about yeah. both of these teams, I think uh, that's will be fascinating. Let's just talk a little bit about their offensive lines, right? So at this point, uh, the the Jets offensive line is one of the reasons why their offense is terrible, a, a big one. I mean, their quarterback play. Really, really bad. But their offensive line, also really, really bad. The Jets are 29th in pass blocking in PFF. The Giants are 32nd. Uh, In terms of uh, blocking the run, the Jets are 23rd. The Giants are 32nd. (laughs) So we were talking about this before we came on the air. So what's your offseason? Obviously, you got to figure out the play calling thing, your offseason checklist if you're the Jets, right? The play caller situation has got to get sorted out. you got to not let Rodgers make all the decisions about the weapons to bring in because that didn't work out. For sure. Um, you got to find we all t- we talked about the backup quarterback, whoever that'll be, right? Uh what what do, what do you make of the line? It seems to me like they need a tack two tackles, right? But they're good on the interior, you think? Yeah, well it depends on how they view Elijah Vera Tucker. I mean, we're now looking at a guy who's suffered season-ending injuries at tackle the last two times he's moved there, so they they have to figure out if that's a factor. And if it's not a factor, he, he grades out very well at tackle, tackle. So you could slide him and make him your starting left tackle. I don't see them paying the, the $20 million plus that's going to require to tag Becton, especially given his injury history. And look, Becton is a nice – has potential to be a nice player, but it's not like he's lived up to the dominance. Even the second half of his rookie year, I mean, teams exploited him, figured out a book on him. Um he is not like this consistent pro bowl type machine player. He's a nice, still somewhat developmental player who has seemingly taken the steps to, you know, rein in his body and, and, and perhaps gain some durability there. But, you know, he's dealing with his first injury of the season now after missing the final three quarters against the bills, it's it's an ankle injury. He's going to try to play on Friday. We'll see. Uh, I think that would, you know, help, but I still I just don't see the Jets, you know, given everything that's happened, sinking another twenty million into him. No. Twenty plus million into him. So I, I think he's gone. And then so maybe Vera Tucker is your left tackle. Maybe you draft, you know, and then if they they have options on the interior, you bring in another center, Tipman can play guard. He already did. He played it pretty well. He's pretty good at center too. Um Lake and Tomlinson is the left guard. The last few years they're they're kind of in contract hell with him. So I'd expect that to continue and and then you either have a right tackle or a right guard that, that you need to bring in as well. So there is work to be done. We'll say they, they've had some pretty terrible injury luck when you start looking at, at it, but also they were relying uh, two of their major pieces on the line were Makai Becton, a guy who hadn't played a game in two years and Dwayne Brown, a, a 38 year old uh, veteran who had off season shoulder surgery. So not exactly surprising that they had some depth issues on the offensive line uh, this year when you, when you factor that in. So I think, yeah, it's it's interesting. And the big question is, like, how much of the resources are they going to sink in to taking care of that problem? Or, like, are they going to go for the flashy object in Devontae Adams and give up more than they should? And then it affects their ability to address a problem that, I mean, I do think they definitely need more weapons and a better weapon than Alan Lazard signing has, has been frankly a disaster. So yeah, they need more weapons, but they also need to protect their quarterback because it doesn't really matter if Aaron Rodgers goes down on the fourth play of the season next year. Right. Exactly. I mean, they have to protect a quarterback who is about to be 40 years old in, in, in December. Um, December second, yeah. yep. Right, and so uh, they don't do that. None of it matters, right? They got to protect them, especially off the edges. Um, you got to get better tackles. So, do you draft a tackle high? Like right now, you know, hello Tankathon, our old friend here. Uh, 
11th in, in, in the draft order for the Jets, the Giants fifth. So they're, the Jets are creeping up into a position where they could get a, a really interesting offensive lineman. Let's look at Joe Douglas's draft record, okay? So <laughs> the first the first two drafts, these are the players he drafted in the first three rounds, the premium rounds in, in, in 2020. Makai Becton, Denzel Mims, Ashton Davis, Jabari Zuniga, 0 for 4, right? I mean, mm-hmm. at 2021. He drafted these guys in the first two rounds. Zach Wilson, Elijah Vera Tucker, Elijah Moore. One for three. Guy went one. And one of them has been injured, yeah. Guy went one and, for seven in, in the first. You could argue that Moore has some potential, but it has not been f- fulfilled. So. He's not even on the team anymore. You know, like yeah. well, I mean, yeah, yeah, true. I mean, they did it did they did make a trade and got a second rounder for him, but but yeah, I'm with you. And that that's how the Rogers trade happened, but essentially a non basically less than a non factor because he created a scene last year on a team that was finally winning. And, uh, you know, the 2022 draft, great. I mean, awesome. Uh, but what he didn't get in that draft, he got Mac Men- Max Mitchell to tackle in the fourth round, but he didn't get, and he got Joe Tippmann in the second round and Carter and Carter Warren in the fourth round this year, a tackle. Uh, yes, sure, yeah. And, and Tippmann interior guy. So he has addressed in the top four rounds, um, the offensive line, Tippmann at 43, you know, Mac Mitchell 111, Carter Warren 120. You wonder if he takes another Vera Tucker or Becton like swing this year to try to get a difference making tackle um, for, you know, because you're not getting those guys in free agency. Like good, good offensive yeah. tackles are not just not, it just doesn't happen. So um, you wonder if, if that's where he pulls the trigger because the, the first priority is to be, is to, obviously, you need a backup quarterback, right? But you hope the guy never has to even play. Because they yeah. would address the offensive line. The offensive line has to be addressed. Has to. Well, and they have to more than anything. Maybe it's off. If it's off, if it's not offensive line, and it's a weapon, it has to be somebody who can contribute right away. And that's yes. where like it was puzzling what they did this year with Will McDonald at fifteen, because there were there were weapons available and they needed weapons. Despite you know what they said about adding Miko Hardman, that wasn't it. And obviously Lazard. So they can't do this whole best guy on the board. I mean, they just didn't need Will McDonald. It's actually created more problems. I think he has a chance to be a really good player, and maybe it will end up being the right pick in a few years, but that's not going to you know, really matter if they've completely squandered this opportunity. Um, yes, and, and of course. And there were weapons there for them to get, so – that that's that that adds another dynamic of pressure for Joe Douglas. They yeah, look at the running receivers late in the draft: Jackson Smith and Jiba, Quentin Nelson go twenty and twenty-one, Zay Flowers 22, 20, go twenty-second, and then Jordan Addison goes twenty-third. Those four straight receivers, of course. Remember, you know, Jeff fans don't need a reminder. They traded down from thirteen to fifteen, and guess who goes fourteen? Broderick Jones, offensive tackle to the Steelers. So the Jets just missed out on him there. Um, yeah. After a trade with the Patriots, by the way. Yeah, exactly. So. Um, in terms of the Giants, obviously they they have a bunch to figure out. So how do you protect their thing is different now. You got to you got to give the rookie a fighting chance, right? I don't I don't want to hear like come on. We're not they're not running it back with Daniel Jones. Let's turn the page, folks. It's over. It's over. (laughs) Like uh, you know, unless unless they somehow go on a run here and then they have to figure out do they are they going to take the fourth best quarterback? Um, but let's let's assume that like what happened in Washington was a blip. And then maybe they win one more game the rest of the year or something like that. Uh, I think that, you know, obviously Andrew Thomas, your foundational left tackle, you know, Justin Pugh is not, is not going to be around next year. Um, ben Bredesen, you know, Mark Lewinsky has gone too as a guard. Um, uh, in terms of the, the, the center, obviously John Michael Schmitz, you know, he's going to be around. He was a second round pick this year. Jury's still out on him. And Bredesen is by the way, a pending free agent. He's an interesting player. I mean, he's still young. He's 25. And um, I think it's certainly possible. They could bring him back, but he, he's not great. The, the big problem here is that again, I've said this a billion times, Joe Shane drafted a, a right tackle last year and Evan Neal, who is terrible and he can't even stay healthy. So that's a big problem. Like, so, I mean, how much hope are you going to pin on Evan Neal as being a, a right tackle who's able to, number one, stay upright, number two, be functional? So Schmitz and Thomas are back. 
other than that, I think the Giants could be looking at having three new starters. Maybe Bredesen comes back, but um, one of their guards will be new. Maybe ta- maybe they have a new starting right tackle. Maybe not. But how do you depend on Neil? Like, how do you depend on the guy? Um, they obviously need to get weapons. And that's why everyone's saying, look, you know, maybe they can take Marvin Harrison if he's available at the top of the draft trade back into the bottom of the first round with the extra ammo they have from the Leonard Williams trade, the extra second round pick and get a quarterback there. That's a little bit risky. I think you just, maybe you take the quarterback uh, when you can get them and try to take a receiver later. So you can't have everything. You can't have everything. You can't have you. You're not getting Caleb Williams and Marvin Harrison. It's not happening. So um, yeah, I think that's where they, the the giants have to figure out uh, where, you know, what are the priorities here in terms of protecting and giving playmakers to this young quarterback because, you know, they talked about not giving a chance to Daniel Jones, which I think, okay. So maybe you remembered all the co- the chatter from there. Oh, we didn't give this guy a chance. We did everything we possibly could to screw him up by changing coaches and changing play callers. That to me is why Dable's probably safe through 2025. I think that that's an interesting story. I might have to address because, um, you know, why would you draft a quarterback and then yank, then get rid of his offensive coach after one year? Uh, so the, obviously, everyone knows Caleb Williams, Drake made the top two quarterbacks. Then you're looking at Bo Nix, Jaden Daniels, Michael Penix. Um, those, those The Giants have to figure out, like, okay, if they miss on Williams and May, what do they do? Is it the end of the world? Because at this point, the top of the draft is Bears, Cardinals, Pat, uh, Pats, Bears, Giants. Three teams in front of the Giants in the first four picks, and all three of them could take a quarterback. Really, all that matters is the Giants. So the Giants might wind up with a third or fourth pick uh, in terms of the preference of the quarterbacks, but historically that hasn't mattered like okay so like just i did something for this on today right like um it's amazing andy since 2013 if you go back to the 2013 draft how few quarterbacks have become like really really good players uh there's not many i mean people can go ahead and and read the story but like so Dak Prescott went fourth round in 2016 in the same year that Goff and Wentz went one Paxton Lynch, 26 and Hackenberg in round two, 2017 is a prime example. Mitch Trubisky total bust at second. Then Mahomes and Patrick Mahomes and Sean Watson, 10 and 12. Uh, so that's a perfect example of how you don't always have to get the top guy. 2018 Mayfield one Darnold three Rosen 10. Oh, by the way, Josh Allen seven and Lamar Jackson 32. Uh, so you never know. Right. Yeah, it's it is, you know, I think in some ways, I think we mentioned this last week that sometimes having going that high in the draft puts so much pressure on these guys and there's almost a benefit. And then, yeah, more and more importantly, the the quarterback evaluation business is a (laughs) crapshoot. I mean, really, I mean, and really, it's not just quarterback. It's a lot of if you start looking at the draft and the decisions people make and. The, all the examples, it's it's whatever NFL executives are doing in terms of talent evaluation, it is not an exact science uh, at all because, I mean, just look at how many – every team passed on, on Tom Brady, but even more recently than that, every team passed on Lamar Jackson. Um, I think every team passed on Jalen Hurts. So it's – it's yeah, There's another there one. Is, went yeah, there is – yep, there is – um, you know, there is an element of luck because if, if the Eagles, even the Eagles, if they thought Jalen Hurts was that good, they're not letting them draft to 53. So um, it's, that is, it, that is fascinating to me. And it's like, kind of like this secret that nobody wants to ever talk about. I mean, I guess I understand it because what are you going to say? Like as an executive, you invest all these resources in getting these guessing. things right. <laughs> yeah, and ultimately, yeah, we have no freaking idea because you don't. They don't have a better idea than you or me or or anybody. So, because any one of us could have, you know, put together a, a draft that that's better than, you know, drafted a, a quarterback that was better than all of those names you've mentioned. Any one of us could have made those picks, is what I'm trying to say. So, it's it's a mess. Yeah, it's a, it's 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 really interesting, and you can't rely on, you know, there's so few can't miss prospects and like even trevor lawrence who is that i think he'll he's gonna ultimately be fine given everything we've seen but it hasn't been great so far um but that also shows how it's changed in terms of pressure too because trevor lawrence everybody is kind of dunking on him saying he's not good and if you look at 
his the opening years of his career next to a Peyton Manning or whatever he he and or certainly an Eli he grades out pretty favorably. So I mean, Joe um, Douglas would cut off his left hand to have Trevor Lawrence. Well, oh my God, and the Jets would be, you know, at, in the hunt in the AFC for real. So, and they wouldn't have had to, you know, re- they wouldn't have Nathaniel Hackett call the play. So. But uh, that, that's a story I, for another day. I, I will say I'm sure Jets fans enjoyed seeing Braden Mann uh, with a with a couple nice punts on, on Monday night. Braden Mann! Uh, who had a, obviously a huge role and a huge tackle that ended up making sure that Trevor Lawrence didn't go to the Jets. So uh, just a nice little reminder for yes. Jets fans who can't have nice things. The One of the biggest upsets in the history of the NFL. The, the, yep. We talked about it last time we were on here. So um, the, the Rams game, late 2020. Uh, yep. So... The in terms of just building for these teams, um, the most interesting in house free agent for either team by far is Saquon Barkley. And I wrote something about this for tomorrow. Uh, just curious to hear your thoughts on this. I don't, in my mind, I mean, so by the way, he has been playing really well lately. It's it kind of going has gone overlooked because of, of how bad their offense have been and, and how you know dysfunctional they've been overall. But if you look at the numbers, and I'll and I'll call this story up right now so I can get can get these right. Um, since he returned, um, actually, if you count even his first two games, you're talking about total yards now, rushing and receiving. Total yards, he's averaging one hundred one point six total yards a game this season. These are these are his numbers since he returned. Total yards, my goodness, ninety eight, one eighteen, one twenty eight, one thirteen. Uh, 61 in the dud against Dallas and then 140 last week in Washington and got two touchdowns. So 101 total yards a game is really good, right? So last year, his number was 103 total yards a game as a rookie was really high 126. So he's playing almost as, and now the touchdowns aren't there, right? So he only has five touchdowns last year. He had, um, uh, I think it was, it was 10. It's somewhere in the story. Um, so the, the, the numbers are, uh, you know, pretty darn impressive, uh, especially for a guy who just, Missed three games with a high ankle sprain, and then hit the ground running. It didn't. It didn't. Well, didn't impact. Add one one thing real quick. You just said they had the worst run blocking offensive line in the NFL too. I mean, it's a actually, lot of it is it's, him. It's, it's insane that he's that he's this good. And he's a really good player. Not taking anything yeah. away from him. And I think he's kind of put these durability questions to bed because in 2019, he did not. Um, he did not come back well from the high ankle sprain. It really impacted him. Now he didn't have a bad year that year. I mean, he still averaged 110 total yards a game and scored eight touchdowns in 13 games, total touchdowns in 2019, despite you have the high ankle sprain week three and it limiting him. So he was still a pretty good year. Uh, now he's really put those durability questions to bed because everyone was saying, oh, high ankle sprain. He'll be out a while. And when he does come back, he won't be the same. Well, he wasn't out a while. And when he did come back, he was fine. <laughs> like behind yeah. his a, a bad offensive line. So I, to me, look, he's a fascinating player. Uh, and quite frankly, if you're him, you are running for paychecks the rest of the way in terms of like what you got coming up next year. But the question becomes like, if you're Joe Shane, does it make sense to throw big money at a 27 year old running back? Yes. He he's going into year seven next year, 27 years old. Yes. He, ha- he had, it. will have prop will have theoretically finished this year strong. Will, will have played a great year in 20. 20- 22 and he was really good in minnesota in the playoff game uh but when you're when you're trying to allocate resources around a young around a high draft pick quarterback right um i don't know like what what, how do you balance that type of move spending big money on a running back when you presumably are far now far away from the super bowl yeah it seems like it's a definitely a double-edged sword because man could you imagine having that guy as a young quarterback and how much it would help but there's no way Saquon's going to be happy if can they tag him again or is that or is, is they that could a, for they could for twelve yeah. million dollars but yeah so there's no way he's going to be happy and you're leading to then a really potentially ugly situation. Um, I don't do think that. they'll tag him. Yeah, and and Saquon has already seems to have pretty clearly gotten the message from the Giants that you know they don't want to pay him. So you'd think he he's ready to move on. I mean, it just seems to make given all of what it's going to cost to keep them given like you said, the holes that they have, it seems like this is the end for Saquon um, in a giant's uniform. And I, if I were another team, a, a real contender, you, you should be trying to jump all over this guy because yeah. it's not easy, man, like to do what he's doing 
with that offensive line. Look at Brees Hall is a really talented guy. I mean, aside from a few long runs, he's done nothing this year. And then, and it, I don't think, you know, he still has the, the speed and explosiveness. We've seen it with the long runs. The the ACL recovery is still a factor somewhat, but I mean, you, it's, it's very rare to have a running back this productive behind such a terrible offensive line. And, and I think smart, smart GMs, you know, and, and to be doing it in a situation where it's it's less than ideal in terms of not getting the, the financial rewards he wanted, not being on a team that is com- as competitive as he wanted. I mean, bad like you said, the injury. Yeah. But they know you're the, the focus injuries. too. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, all of this, if I'm, you know, a team, a contending team uh, that, that's looking to take the next step, like you're looking at Saquon. Like if you're a lot, imagine the Lions offense with, with Saquon or I know they have Gibbs, but they're different style runners. I think, you know, you could that talk about developing identity behind a quarterback who you maybe have some questions about, um, you know, and you could go down the line. I, I, you know, the chiefs, imagine if the chiefs were able to get Saquon, uh, what he would bring. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I think, I feel like it, it's the end. A long winded way of saying, I feel like it's the end for him in a giant uniform. And I think it does make sense for both sides because they have to address the offensive line. Cause what's the point with the new quarterback? If, if you don't, you have to prioritize if you're Joe Shane and the priority should be offensive line and outside receiver. And you can figure it out at running back in terms of drafting a guy and going the route. They should have gone all along, take a mid round pick and, and build around him. Like what's what good teams, smart teams do not teams run stupidly by Dave Gettleman, you know? So, um, and, but look, Saquon Barkley has been, he's never, he's never going to live up to the number two overall pick and he hasn't. Um, and that pick set the giants back. Yes. But he also, but it also can be true that he's been a very good player for them amid some tough circumstances. And in this season, this year, where their quarterback situation is a mess, and everyone knows he's going to get the ball, and he's still producing. So, to me, giving a big, big money contract to a running back who's entering year seven, who's twenty-seven years old, who's still pretty darn good, very good, um, is a win-now move for a win-now team. And the Giants are not going to be that next year. They're not. Okay, so yep. like that was. You know, they tried to, they tried to, they, this, this, Shane has been playing this as like kind of a soft rebuild all along. It's not like they made a lot of, look, their biggest signing, they have money to spend in free agency this year. Their biggest signing was Bobby O'Karake, who's been a very good middle linebacker. Bothered that, they did not go out and take like enormous swings. So, like, they're not in a situation like the Jets are for next year, where the Jets have this like very, very small window with a great defense and an aging great quarterback, and they've got to do everything possible to seize upon that window. And when you're drafting a quarterback high, you're you know, that first year is almost like you know, if you if a kid can do what CJ Stroud's doing, and now what what are the Texans? What is their record? Six and five, right? I think so. So look, but yeah. they're having a shockingly good year, right? And it's not like and, – and and they might even be dreaming of a playoff berth. But if it doesn't happen, um, they're 6-4. and four. If it doesn't happen, then, you know, that's still a great year because the kid's been productive. And that's all you're looking for out of the first year. You're looking for the guy to not look lost, to look productive. Um, and it's gravy if he if he's amazing. So – yeah. And who knows? Maybe it's like maybe it winds up being fool's gold like it was with Carson Wentz who, who just flamed out um, and would, you know, was – kind of a turd honestly so that that didn't help <laughs> so um look i i yeah i think that all that adds up to as the same thing we've been saying the saquon barkley probably gone um I, one thing i want yeah, to go ahead well just for the jets their most interesting pending free agent is bryce huff and it's not yeah. easy to, i mean it is an easy decision like they're going to give him money but it's going to make things tight in terms of allocating resources i'm sure they'll find a way to you know, factor it, spread the money, but they, they, they got to pay him because he's been one, not only their most productive pass rusher, but one of the best in the league in terms of getting the quarterback. And then that makes it harder for you to take care of all the other stuff you need to take care of. And I think, you know, if you're looking, you know, his numbers are similar to, to John Franklin Myers contract, um, which I'm pulling up right now because I can't remember off the top of my head exactly what it was, but that's what you're going to be looking at as, as a floor. His numbers, Franklin Myers actually had better numbers earlier in his career. He was a little bit younger when the Jets signed him, but I just think what he's never done, what Huff did, which is like with defenses or opposing offenses, knowing what 
what he's capable of and game planning against him, he's still getting it done. And that's going to probably make him more expensive for the Jets. Um, and the contract he signed before was – it's sorry, he restructured it, so it's a little hard for me to – to figure it out, but it was it was like uh, it was a four year extension worth fifty five million. So you're you're looking probably somewhere in the neighborhood of four and sixty for for Bryce Huff, and that's going to complicate the things they need to do on the offensive line and and the weapons, uh, at least one more weapon that they need to find for Aaron Rodgers. And speaking, you led me right into what I was going to ask you before you made that last point. Um, okay, so Devontae Adams, right? So he signed a five year contract, hundred forty million leading into last season 2020 2022 um next year he's got a 16.8 million dollar salary but the raiders if they trade him would still have to eat like three years worth of prorated signing bonus money so the dead money is pretty pretty high i mean his the dead money is 23 and a half um million dollars and if they keep him his cap number is 25 with a and then of course with the jets they would just take on the salary which is 16.8 right so to me, all that adds up to, and he's guys a really, really good player. He's he's, he's getting older. He's thirty one. Um, what do you think the Raiders would want for him? And and how in the? I mean, the Jets could fit him under their cap, but how in the world could the Jets, who don't have a second round pick next year, they have a first round pick, they have a third round pick, they have two fourth round picks, uh, and let's just, who cares about the rest of the draft? But um, so. Yeah, what could the the Jets could give what a, a second rounder in twenty twenty five? Would the Raiders be okay with that or or what? You think like you they're going to need the third rounder this year, and then if it yeah. was just if it wasn't the salary considerations you were talking about, I think that and a fifth rounder or something would be enough. But like given some of the other trades we've seen, but when you start throwing that in there, it it yeah it really feels like it's got to be like something more, right? Like yeah, because if the Raiders because the Jets are also. The Jets are already projecting like how badly they want this guy, which was oh, they're like they're basically tampering. They're basically tampering. They're telling everybody they're the son. Not the right move for them to get this guy for for all the reasons. For they shouldn't be. They can't. They don't. They're not in a position to spend because they are going to have to in twenty twenty five probably or sooner find a quarterback who's not Aaron Rodgers, and they can't draft a quarterback in the first round this year because of Aaron Rodgers, no matter how bad it gets. It would be a one year. He has no guaranteed salary past 2024. His salary. but So, so look like I, uh, it's costly. What I'm saying is they can't just sink every single resource into the season and, and without like some sort of eye toward the future. Um, so I, think, I mean, do you, I think I, I they mean, have yeah, to, though they have to, right? Kind like, of, yeah, they do. Yeah, they they do. I'm just saying, in an ideal world, they would draft a quarterback in this draft. They're not going to. So I, but I don't. They don't need to get Devonte Adams. They already have a pretty good receiver in Garrett Wilson. Like they could, they should just pay for a receiver like Mike Evans. Is is my point? Like it just doesn't make sense to pay and you have, to to pay and give up capital when you have. You have to address some of this stuff at, at low, even for next year at low options and to give yourself some sort of like, because you still do have Sauce Gardner and Garrett Wilson who will be on their fourth year of their rookie contracts in 2025. Like I'm just saying it does just because if it doesn't work out with Aaron Rodgers doesn't mean you have to tear the whole thing down right away. You still well, have will. Some... I mean, if, the, if it doesn't yeah. work out with Aaron Rodgers, they're sunk for five years. They're going to be terrible. The bottom line is they're sold. They're sold. Yeah, you're probably right. To to be good, they didn't for, give up that much draft capital for Rodgers, but yeah, like the 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 things they've done since are it's hard. It's going to be hard to come back, but I I still think you have to kind of manage it. It's it's yeah. The point the point being, they can't just give up draft capital and all of this you know salary you're, you're to a guy who's that old. Yeah, I mean, if you don't win big next year, you're yeah, out, out the door. It. You're in the bread line. So. Uh, you know what does he care if the Jets are terrible after he's gone? Yeah, you're 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 right, and that's another law of the whole situation and and scenario is that it's you know these guys don't end up doing what's best for the franchise long term, and because they're under pressure to keep their jobs, and that's something the Jets have been victimized by. Uh, you know, look at Mike McCagnan's last off season. So it, it's 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 not a good situation, but I think like ultimately the best thing because the Jets have to fill the holes on the offensive line. And and they have to bring in a weapon. They they reduce their avenues to do that even for next year, if they're spending draft capital on Devontae Adams. 
and paying him an exorbitant salary. It just and now you're you're talking about a receiver who's in his, you know, they're at 32. There's a high chance of a drop off. So it yep. just and, none and of Evans that makes sense. Evans is basically yeah. the same age, a year younger, right? So may, yeah. why, as you said, not just go sign Mike Evans? Uh, okay, I hey, that's that's totally fair because look, if you trade away the third round pick next year, the Jets have one first round pick, nothing in round two because they traded it to the Packers, nothing they would have, they would theoretically in this case have nothing in round three, they would have nothing in round five, uh, because who knows who cares, but they would have two, they would have two picks in the fourth round. Okay, so that, that would be the Joe Douglas would have like one shot to get one player in the first round to do something to like help protect Aaron Rodgers or you can yeah. under that third round pick and maybe you get a productive player there. Yeah, excellent. I, I mean, my problem is I just have already moved up to the idea of this team winning a Super Bowl, but this just seems so unrealistic at this point with Rodgers coming back. What is he going to look like after the Achilles? Um, you know, all, all of the question marks, it just seems like it's not, it's not, but that's what they hated. have. To they're, they're just, yeah, you're, you're right. You're right. But that's again, I still think, right. That's that has to be the goal, but it's but but going all in on Adams is and hurting your resources for next year is not is not the answer in my opinion. You could split. I think maybe they split the difference. Maybe they um maybe they pay Mike Evans. I don't even know if that's where you just split the difference. Whatever, but uh maybe they pay Mike a- Adam or Mike Evans, and uh yeah maybe they mash the two guys together and make a guy named Mike Adams. You know. New Jersey would, from Patterson I mean, Patterson guys is a long time NFL DB, but um, maybe they pay Mike Evans, keep the pick and use that pick on, you know, an offensive lineman, someone who can block an offensive. Yeah. An offensive lineman. <laughs> or, yeah. It's not, it's not, look, they're not in a good situation is the point. And it's, it's a damn shame. And that's again, why I've been so harsh on them for, it's my opinion going into the season that it was insane to make Zach Wilson your backup. And now you've wasted another year of good defense, wasted a year of Garrett Wilson and Sauce Gardner and Brees Hall. And, uh, and then you're going to do it again next year. It looks like. So it's, it's, it's rough stuff to be a Jets fan right now. They're, they're not in a good situation and everything has to go right with Aaron Rodgers. I mean, that's really their only hope is for Aaron Rodgers to come back, be Aaron Rodgers and, everything else to kind of fall their way next year. That seems like a tall order. It's a lot. It's asking a lot in the more immediate in terms of Aaron Rodgers. Uh, he wants to come back to practice and why, you know, why not come just, you know, if he can practice, he's clear to practice, at least practice. Yeah. Now, now that doesn't mean he's going to, that doesn't, then they could lose out and they could say, you know what? We're not going to clear you, but then he'll yeah. always be able to say, I could have played. I could have played. Yeah. And I was trying to motivate the but, team and you know, like I'm way ahead of the, of the common timeline. Yeah. Uncle Rico congratulations types type stuff. You know, I could have thrown that ball over the mountain. So, um, yeah, he could have so, not snapped his Achilles four plays in the season. And they've, so they've December won the Super Bowl, right? Not that far away. That's a week and a half away where he could potentially yes. be back to practice. I mean, you, his 40th birthday. Yep. That's a Saturday. So obviously he's not coming back this week or the next week, probably not next week to practice, but maybe the following week. Uh, so the jets will have had, um, what two two more games be- between now and then? Uh, Miami, yeah. Atlanta. Let's let's assume they go into their four and eight. Let them come back to practice, but like there's no, they're not going to be in the playoff race yeah. at that point. You probably need to win ten games to make the playoffs, which means a six and one finish for the Jets. It's not happening. They're not finishing six and one. They're not finishing five and two. The end. So the Aaron Rodgers stuff will wait till next year, obviously. Uh, so. In terms of the Jets, the Giants quarterback, rather, they are going to roll, obviously, with Tommy DeVito this week against the Patriots because Tyra Taylor can't come back from IR until after the bye. So Giants have Patriots by Packers. Um, and I guess technically Tyra Taylor could come back against the Packers. We'll see if he does. Uh, but uh, we'll wrap it up with picks. But I know you wanted you had a good idea. Uh, it's Thanksgiving. Hope everybody has a great Thanksgiving, of course, in a couple of days. Um the the one guy who will get this that we know for sure will get to spend Thanksgiving at home among these two teams, truly at his home home uh, with his parents is Tommy DeVito, who lives at home with his parents in Cedar Grove. Uh, Laundry service, baby. Yeah, you said what? What do you think that? What do you think's on the table at Tommy DeVito's Thanksgiving at home? What do, I'll, I am I have an interesting background as I'm half Italian and and half Puerto Rican, so we've had some. 
we have interesting. I mean, I, I would ex expect there to be some pasta for sure. Now, like, this is the unconventional stuff. Obviously, you're going to have the staples and they're going to do it well. But I think you'll see some pasta, some meatballs, um, maybe maybe like a lasagna, something like that. I don't know. We would we would always have some sort of meatball. And actually, baked ziti was in my household what we had growing up, and it was it was excellent in terms of the non traditional Thanksgiving. And then arroz con pollo, rice and beans, or chicken, rice and beans. That arroz con pollo is just chicken and and rice, but we'd throw in the beans there for my abuela, and it was always excellent. And then you know all the staples. We were a stuffing house. I, I feel like there's going to be some stuffing over there. Uh, oh, with the Italian I'm an expert sausage. on desserts, yeah. Only, yeah. Only an is, is the sweet Italian sausage or the spicy Italian? Oh yeah, that too. Yeah, we didn't, we didn't, we weren't big on the Italian sausage, but uh, that makes sense too. Yeah. So, what, what do you think? What? Yeah, no. Look, I me. mean, he he had a great point the other day. He was talking about it was Steve Politi, our columnist, who does an awesome job at everything, and did a really fun and good column on Tommy DeVito leading up to the to the Washington game, and um. You know, Tommy was talking about uh, the the chicken parm with vodka sauce, and and I am not Italian, but we you know obviously live in New Jersey. There's plenty of great Italian places around here. I will say before he even he even that even before anyone even like I'm not even claiming to have invented this taste at all, but because it's on the menu these things, drunken chicken parm. It's your chicken parm with vodka sauce instead of marinara sauce. It's on the menu. It's not like it's a special thing you have to order. So I remember when we moved to where I live now, you know, we would we would we started to order that and then on our margarita pizzas we'd order the the vodka sauce instead of um the marinara sauce and i'm gonna be honest he's right i think it's really good it, it doesn't have sometimes sometimes a marinara can be a little bit like heartburny you know especially if you're older right. like, you know like uh the vodka sauce oh, yeah. if it if it's a nicely done vodka sauce tommy Tommy DeVito is right. Like a, a vodka sauce chicken parm is excellent. Now, a regular chicken parm is too. And so is a regular margarita pizza. But try it if you haven't, the uh, the vodka sauce. It's not a totally, it's not an insane thing that he's making up. It's like on the menu all across New Jersey. It's not like he has invented the special order. Like I said, I'm not even Italian. I look at it in the menu. Oh, drunken chicken parm. What is that? Well, you look because it's got an interesting name. Oh, the vodka sauce. Duh, of course, you know, haha joke there. But uh, all right, you know, I'll get that. And it's really good. We get it every single time we order from our pizza place every time. And so, uh, you know, the place you order from is fine. It's whatever. It's not great, but, um, yeah, I'm sure, you know, he, you know, his mom makes a mean vodka sauce. So I would guess a little vodka sauce on the menu with the, uh, maybe some, some vodka sauce, chicken parm with those cutlets. I guess he likes his chicken cutlets pounded thin, like paper. I don't know, man. You want, Ooh, that's good. My don't you want a little protein? in your meat like or what what is he got is he eating fried gotta, hair what is that he's got to add some more chicken to it that's all just have more than one serving but yeah i love i love the same my uncle used to a great uncle who was the second generation really first generation immigrant he did the whole thing with the you'd get the chicken cutlets and then he had the you know the I, i'm not well versed on kitchen stuff and i'm gonna expose myself at this point but you know the hammer the thing that yeah that the, mallet the meat, the meat. yeah the mallet the meat tenderizer i think is the word that's the right um, word. yeah so he would go and do that and it was it was so and then he'd add some spicy spicy red sauce oh man it was good it was excellent so i i, I learned how to do that i haven't done it in a long time and i gotta next time i'm i'm down in florida visiting the parents i'll have to get my mom to help me uh to pull that recipe back together yeah, so that's uh I'm hungry, Daryl. Damn. I was gonna say there 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 it is, our guess our guesses. And less less interestingly, beyond our predictions for what Tommy DeVito were have for Thanksgiving, and maybe we gave you guys some some culinary ideas there. Uh let's get real quick for what it's worth. And we're gonna be getting have to I guess say it every week for what it's worth. Uh our picks for uh this week's game. I'll start with the Giants. Sunday afternoon, one o'clock. Uh Against the Bill Belichick Patriots, who uh, probably soon will not be Bill Belichick's Patriots, and it appears to be coming to an end for BB in uh, in New England. Um, yeah, Mac Jones, Bailey Zappi. I mean, good grief! What a mess of a situation. It's not like he can hide behind the GM. He is the GM. You know, he picked <laughs> Mac Jones. Didn't work out so well. Um, again, 
it's a Jimmy's and Joe's game. We've said it before. Like if you don't have talented players, it doesn't matter how good of a coach you are. And so will the Giants win? No, I don't think they're going to win because I don't see a way that Tommy DeVito will uh, be the Bill Belichick defense. Uh, it, I think a low scoring loss for the Giants. Uh, let's call it mm, 17 to 10 Patriots. What do you got for Black Friday, three o'clock? Dolphins. At yeah. Three o'clock Friday game, not your typical NFL. This has got to be the first scheduled Friday NFL game in history. Uh, you you would think, think so. but yeah. And I will say on, on the game, if, if the Giants do win, man, it's, that's, that would be something in terms of what happens with Bill Belichick in the next, you know, 10 days or whatever. But um, he, he toast, yeah. Yeah, you'd have to think. But I mean, it's just the whole thing is weird because he did win like a bunch of Super Bowls. So you would think if he wants to keep coaching somewhere, it won't be over for him, but maybe without the GM role, but we'll see. I'm sure that they'll beat the Jets the last week of the season. Look, I, I, I'm avoiding because I don't really want to talk about this game. Um, I don't like but Tim Boyle is going to play better than Zach Wilson. That's my bold prediction. So the Jets are going to score 13 points. The Dolphins are going to score 23. And that's going to be your final. It's not going to be that close, but I think the Jets defense will play well. I think they'll set the Jets offense up for a touchdown. So it'll be back-to-back games with touchdowns for the Jets offense, which is, man, they're really heating up. 13? Yeah, 23, 23 yeah, 13. to 13. Boyle. Okay, so like, let's – Couple let's, field goals. Like, defense is going to set up. I think he's not good, man, but he can't be worse Boyle than Zach Wilson has been. terrible. He's awful. He's going to get the he, – hey, he understands the hack at offense. So I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing to steal from Kevin Clark, who's – making fun of the Jets on the around the horn or the of some pre-show tweet I saw yesterday. But yeah, look, it's, I just look, nothing ever makes sense. That came back to bite me when I picked the Jets to win last week, but you know, the Dolphins aren't as good as everybody say that say, says they are. They're a lot better than the Jets. Their, their defense is a little vulnerable, but I think, you know, the Jets defense will hold their own, keep it tight, maybe set the offense up for a score. But yeah, I do think I just look, it's not, doesn't make, I'm not saying, makes sense i just come to predict i come to you know the unforeseeable is what usually happens with the jets or something stupid something annoyingly stupid so so they'll play well the home games for the jets this is the first three straight home games if this thing starts to spiral okay so they they beat they obviously you saw some grumbling with that loss to the chargers uh, earlier this month, that was coming off the gift win against the Jets, which was coming off the big win over the Eagles. So if the Jet fan was feeling good coming out of the Giant game, and then okay, you lose to the Chargers. Obviously, a super ugly, a lot of groans. Uh, but then, then they lost in Vegas, lost in Buffalo. Now three straight home games. If this thing starts to snowball in a bad way, wh- when do the fire Salah chants start coming out? I mean, are you talking halftime of the Falcon game if they're if they're down like seventeen to zip against? Oh, dude, Desmond, Desmond. I think you understand how. I don't think you understand how upset this fan base is. You're this talking first quarter, first quarter of this game. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I mean, first quarter of this week, this weekend, if any Jets fans are there, stand alone, which would, be, which, would which would be, oh, hey, look, it's not like they haven't done it on Amazon before. Had oh, just it's, a fine, yeah, game. it's not really national TV. Yeah. So the oh, last yeah. time they had a national, a, a game on Prime, it was a public shaming of Zach Wilson. And it will be just as bad for Robert Sala. And the offense and Nathaniel Hackett, if they come out and lay an egg, and fire you know, Hackett, I think and a, fire Salah, the chance will all, be coming. Yeah, I think it'll be. I mean, I'm I, I'm telling you, fans are like they they understand that the season is over. They most they likely. have not forgotten there that the head coach of the Jets yeah. last year threatened to asphyxiate them with receipts <laughs> to shove everyone, yes, down everyone, their all the people, everyone, everyone on the planet. He was going to shove the receipts down the throat of every every living human alive, you know, in in, in in the East Coast or whatever. So look, uh, yeah, geez, okay, so standalone game. Everyone who's not an insane person, why, why? By the way, what are you doing shopping at a brick and mortar store? Okay, do your shopping <laughs> online. 
What are you doing oh, going down the small street? Business, why you, small business, Daryl. Why are you leaving the house on? Well, I get. Look, there, there we go. We're some, some of the small businesses. Yeah, but I'm with you. You can also find small businesses. I prefer online. to give my money to but, Jeff Bezos and only Jeff Bezos. Uh, yes. No, I'm being sarcastic. But look. Oh yes, me too. But why I'm would kidding. you? I, it's like convenience. That's all. You got many days to go shopping. Don't leave the. Don't leave a general one mile radius of your house on Black Friday. Just sit, yeah. home, relax. Actually, well, the Jets game will be entertaining. You don't even have to watch the Jet game. I go watch, you know, Nebraska, Colorado. They still play on on Black Friday, whatever it is. You know, the Cordell Stewart game or whatever that was Black Friday. I can't remember, but um, I think so. Yeah, and 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 they come down to watch. A lot of people are going to watch. Right, watch for Al Michaels. Yeah, I think a lot of people watch. Look, and that that's the other interesting thing here is like, if I'm a Jets fan, like I'm not showing up. Like I want to send. If you want to send a message to this team. That's how you send the message, and and there's a bunch of fru- there's a lot of frustration for a lot of different reasons, and it's something I'm going to get into in the next couple of weeks. But one of them is the Jets uh, raising season ticket prices and requiring a deposit earlier than ever before, which was November fifteenth. So there are a lot of pissed off fans, and for good reason. And it's just it's very very interesting, uh, and and the product that they're going to have on the field. For the rest of the season, it's just yeah, it's not a good situation. People are not willing. I mean, the, the, these fans have waited half a century for a Super Bowl. They're not saying, you know what, whatever. We're cool with Tim Boyle going out there and you know being terrible. We're you know we're just not going to. We're gonna we're gonna be fine with it. So yeah, you're right. There there going to be some angry people there on Friday, presuming the result the results are what we think they're going to be, and uh, yeah. We'll see how it goes. Uh, Al Michaels, you can bet on, on a lot of snide and snarky comments from him. Uh, I love how how like he's getting grouchier with age, and I actually love it. You know, so um, tells it that like it, be. and you'll 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 hear some some huffing, you know, just some sighs and chuckling from that booth on Friday. Uh, so yeah, looking forward to his call. Tim Boyle's sixth touchdown pass. Yeah, there you go. Uh, because that's remember Mike White against the Bengals. That that would be about as unlikely. I mean, it's even this would be more even more unlikely. Let's be honest. But anyway, yeah. All right, it'll well, be it'll be it'll be fun. Thanks everybody for listening. Uh, be sure to check out nj.com/slash/giants, nj.com/slash/jets for all of our stuff. Uh, like, rate, review, subscribe, and all your favorite podcasting platforms. Everybody have a good rest of your week. And uh, thanks again, as always, for, for, for tuning in. Have a happy Thanksgiving. We'll be back with you all next week uh, to assess the damage or, uh, or something slightly better than that. Okay, we'll talk to you guys soon.